0: What is up you beautiful people? Welcome back to the Built on Bitcoin podcast where we cover all the innovation happening in the Bitcoin ecosystem. And today I have Thomas Osmundson on the podcast. You might've seen him around under his Twitter handle, all new, which is A-U-L-N-E-A-U underscore on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, he is the co-founder of Fungible Systems. And Fundable Systems is a crypto product studio where they build apps and support infrastructure for stuff being built on stacks. And him and his small team uh, have built some interesting stuff so far. They did the uh, redesign of the website for Gamma. They have some dev infrastructure stuff as far as libraries that it's kind of over my head, but it sounds pretty impactful. People seem to love it. And we cover a ton of topics. We, we talk about why is it that developers from Web 2 are so resistant to get into Web 3? If you're a new dev, how would he make the jump and give some advice to people that are just getting started? Uh, and a bunch of other topics from the early days of Blockstack, which he was a part of. So before we jump in, though, let's have a quick word with our sponsor.
1: We all know Bitcoin is for the innovators, the revolutionaries, and the builders looking to build a better world for themselves and for the next generation. We also know the saying, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The next best time is right now. The same thing applies to building on Bitcoin. If you want to come build with the most active developer community, building new use cases for Bitcoin, then it's time you make the leap to learning Clarity. Clarity is the stack's smart contract programming layer which enables us to work on DeFi, smart contracts, and so much more, all built with the safety and security that comes with Bitcoin. Start today by going to start.stacks.org. Start.stacks.org has a five-step journey that will take you from complete Stacks novice to teaching you clarity all the way to finding a job with a Web3 Stacks startup. Don't wait another month, year, or decade waiting to get involved in the Bitcoin ecosystem. Start building on Bitcoin today. Go to start.stacks.org to start learning and building today.
0: Thank you to our sponsor, the Stacks Foundation. And thank you to Phosphorus for doing the ad read, Crushed it. So now let's jump straight in to this interview with Thomas Osmondson, co-founder of Fungible Systems. Mm.
1: Welcome to Built on Bitcoin.
0: Thomas, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? I am fantastic. I, I I feel like I have to stop saying this at some point, but I'm glad summer's finally here. It feels so good to have it stop raining in Portland and to be able to go outside and do some paddleboarding. I, I don't know if you're in that same boat.
2: Oh yeah, I love summer. So I've been outside biking, enjoying the water, bunch of stuff. It's great. Love it, love
0: it. Well, uh, I'm excited to have you on. You're a pretty prolific name around stacks. You the all <laughs> the all new name. It carries some weight on Twitter. Um I, I'd love to just start with what is your background? Like, if someone asks, I guess we could start with when someone asks, "What do you do?" How, how do you answer that?
2: Uh yeah, sure. Well, software engineer by trade. Um I run well I co-founded a little product studio with someone else in the Stacks ecosystem. His name's Jasper. Um and the studio is called Fundable Systems. And we just like to build cool stuff, you know, crypto related, either like libraries or applications. We do a lot of product design, uh engineering, that kind of stuff.
0: Okay. And um so you're you're doing developer stuff, and I love to explore this throughout the episode because you know Web three is when you're in Web three, mm-hmm. everything's just like the world is changing. This is the future, oh, yeah. but so many developers are still on the fence, and so I'd love to hear what what initially drew you to crypto. What what was kind of your your rabbit hole moment, and how's that been? Sure.
2: Yeah, well, let's see. It started back in I'd say 2017 i kind of known a little bit about Bitcoin and crypto stuff, but I, I had never really participated very actively. Um, and at that time, I was like, I'd been freelance independent for about two or three years. I have a background in design. So I originally uh, was like more of a print or traditional designer. So I do like uh, collateral or like pamphlets, like any kind of printed media. Um, I really like paper and stuff. So that was really fun. But um, I switched over and started I've always been really interested in computers and technology. And um, yeah, I switched over and was freelancing for some startups. And someone who actually lives in my city, a good friend of mine, he is also a web, web uh, developer. And we wanted to build something for a while. And he had heard about this contest that this company had been put on. He wanted to do the contest with me. But I was pretty hesitant because coming from my background in design, I had traditionally felt as though contests were kind of ways to get free work from people and not really pay them what they deserve. So I was pretty hesitant to do it, but I did some research into it. And I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. Like if we win, we'll win some money. And if we lose, we'll have built something together. So I can't really go wrong. That company that put on the contest was Blockstack and they used to do a lot of bounties back in the day to like have different um, apps be built on the platform and in the network. And so we did it and we built this, uh the bounty was for a crypto portfolio app so it was like a an app that would uh, allow you to put in when you purchase certain types of crypto uh for how much and all that stuff and then you can kind of track profit and loss over time and it was called coins and so we built that and then we won the bounty and that was really cool um and then That was kind of my first introduction into crypto. And I was like, this is pretty cool. I was really interested in like the data ownership side of like Blockstack, what they originally were doing. Uh, So that was really cool. And then Blockstack was really happy with the product that we built. And they were like, hey, do you guys want to come work for us and help build this new internet? And I was freelancing at the time for a couple of years. And I was really happy with that lifestyle, so I didn't want to, you know, kind of go back to a full-time gig. Um, but I did end up freelancing with Blockstack for about a year. And then I ended up joining the team um in 2018. But late 2017 and early 2018, we were doing a lot of work together. And yeah, that was kind of my introduction to crypto. Uh and ever since, you know, I was kind of like <laughs> uh really, really loved it and probably won't do anything other than work in crypto for a long time.
0: Love it. So so is that because I've heard this term from like Zen of mm-hmm. app mining. Is
2: that, are you one of the six pre. It's pre-app mining. Yeah, um, actually Patrick Stanley of CityCoins and Zan first kind of, those are the first people I met because they were running the bounty program. Um, and yeah, they were great, but this is pre-app mining. So they, this was like uh, something that BlockSec was trying to do to you know, get people interested in building. It was kind of before foundations or like grants were really much of a thing. Um. But yeah, I was on the team when we started building out app mining and stuff. So if you have any questions on that, I'd be happy to answer them.
0: Okay. Um I'm curious though, because it sounds like you're doing design work, which are you using stuff like Illustrator, Photoshop? this is back this in is the pre, day. This is pre-Figma, right?
2: Yeah. I remember when Sketch came out, I was like, wow, this is so cool. But I was doing more like InDesign Page Layout stuff. And even when even younger, before I went to college and stuff, I was running like um I ran this internet forum to build, like you would build these like signatures that you would put at the end of your little posts on your forum. And what we would do is we would like cut out all the different game characters from different like screenshots and stuff. And that's how I originally learned design by doing that, by like using the pen tool to like select these characters. Mm -hmm. And then we would call they're called renders. And then people would then use them to like create any number of things, and most of them were like these little signature things. But that's kind of how I originally got into design and, and computers and stuff.
0: Got it. So, so it seems like you're much more programmer heavy now.
2: Oh yeah, much. So, better.
0: what was your first foray to go in that route? This transition into building this uh product that won the Blockstack thing. Like, how do you go from doing the in design stuff, which is mm-hmm. like front end web dev, is my understanding, to more full stack i'm assuming like what what was that kind of journey like
2: yeah well let's see so you know i went to school for design and then i kind of got a couple different jobs around town here at at different advertising agencies and it was fun there's like some stuff like i designed this like vodka bottle that i really that was really fun that kind of stuff was really cool but i was always really interested in like technology and and computers you know from a very young age and i remember you know i was working in this advertising agency and i was like i was designing hospice pamphlets so like really kind of like intent it wasn't it wasn't even like cool hospice it was like shitty huge company evil medical company hospice and so i was like this is fucked up this oh can i swear on this i'm sorry (laughs)
0: it's all yeah we're, we're good here we keep it raw and real
2: okay cool um But yeah, so I was just like, this is awful. And I like the people I worked with, it's just like traditional kind of like ad agency or trying to be ad agency. Like, no disrespect to anyone who loves advertisements, that's fine. But I was, it was not for me. And so at that time, I was learning a lot about like people who were doing the whole digital nomad stuff. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I like computers and I've like started, I know how to code. Like, I was really, I was like very good at like HTML and CSS. That was like my thing. And so I was like, maybe I could switch from design and start doing kind of website stuff. And I kind of quit my job. And then for six months, I had no work. And I was like, this is not good. But then I I was very lucky. And I got an invitation to this kind of like freelancers job board that was started by this guy who started Unsplash, the like stock photography website. He also started this thing called Crew. And I was invited to join and I was like, okay, that's cool. And I got a few different contracts through that. And that really started my journey on like, I was building like marketing sites. And um, this was very early when like Next.js, which is like a server side rendered React framework, it was still an alpha at that point. And I was really, I was really excited about that. And so I started using that and learning JavaScript and all these different things in, at that point. And that was kind of the beginning of my journey to now where I'm you know, doing a lot of like more full stacky stuff for sure.
0: Do you think that app mining would work today if we, if we brought it back to stacks?
2: You know, maybe I feel like app mining was very early or like maybe two is ahead of its time potentially, you know, because now it definitely feels way more realistic, at least in the context of stacks. Um, I feel like when app mining was started and for people who maybe don't know what app mining is, I can Mm. give a little bit of background There was a program in which it's kind of similar to the grants program today that the Stacks Foundation puts on, but it was more like we hired some game theorists to kind of create this algorithm or some sort of mechanism such that um, people would have a really hard time gaming it. But it was a ranking system for apps being built on Stacks. And if you were ranked high enough, you would get a Bitcoin payout every month. And so there was this like, system for kind of judging and and classifying it off of this different criteria and ultimately it was the program was shut down i feel like we were just so it was, it was before stacks 2.0 so it was like you know a very different world that we were kind of living in but um it'd be really interesting to bring it back today or some variation of it because i'm always I'm, I'm a big fan of like i feel like competition is good for people who are building apps and it forces it really forces you to think about what, what do the users want? You know, as long as the criteria is good, you know, like if you're being judged on things that are like impactful.
0: Like that. Okay. Um trying to think. We'll probably gonna dance around in this interview. Maybe let's jump first to, so you went from block stack or hero to mm-hmm. going back to starting your own gig with fungible systems. What? Mm-hmm. And you, you kind of alluded to it, but, uh what what is fungible systems what's some of the projects you guys have have done so far
1: yeah
2: uh so fungible systems is a crypto product studio so we're trying to build i don't know we just jasper and i we both really love like well-crafted products you know in any context right like we spend a lot of time even like daydreaming about like what what are we going to do after and maybe at some point we'll do like a we always joke around about like maybe building like really nice handmade furniture, like that kind of thing. So we love craft, <laughs> right? And so we like to apply that to whatever it is we're building. And we both also really love crypto and like everything that it has in Web3, you know, everything to offer. Um, and so the things that we've worked on, you know, well, when we worked at Blockstack and Hero together, we kind of worked on everything that had a front end. So we worked on, you know, the wallets. We worked on Explorer. We worked on, I worked on the SDKs, stuff like that. Um, and when we left you know we wanted to kind of we wanted to venture out and be like okay there are all these apps and startups and products being built and it'd be really fun to be able to kind of help them out in some way you know with we have a lot of context especially around kind of stacks but more generally around crypto and product design and stuff like that and so uh, we wanted to like start interacting with companies that maybe we could like have a really, uh, like pull the lever on really strongly. And so, um, one of the first things that we worked on was gamma or stacks NFT. Um, we worked with Jamil on the team and we kind of, uh, came in and sort of rebuilt everything from the ground up for them and in, in kind of the way of like branding, naming, uh, product design, product engineering, uh, backend infrastructure, um, yeah, just stuff like that. And that was a really fun project, and I really love the team. Um, and then we've also built a few other things. Uh, we've done a lot of open source tooling is kind of what we spend our time on, too, at, at least for me. Um, so I maintain MicroStacks, which is an alternative to Stacks.js, which is the leading kind of JavaScript and TypeScript SDK Um you know, libraries for building Stacks-lit apps. But MicroStacks has a focus on being very modern and very small. So right now with Stacks.js, if you use it, it has a lot of kind of legacy dependencies, is what you call them, where it's like um, they're kind of either really big or they're more outdated or less maintained. And as a result, when you use those things, like maybe in more modern bundlers or tools, um, then you kind of have to, work around all that stuff and it doesn't always it's not always compatible and there's a lot of bugs and stuff that can happen with that and so i started building microstacks because i i build all these things in these really modern tools and so i wanted i i did it for myself originally because i was like i want to build these apps in a modern way and i can't do it now so i'm gonna kind of make it possible but now there's a bunch of stuff around microstacks that i'm really excited about but um as far as products like that we've worked on in the studio we're working on something now that I can't really talk about, but it's really exciting. Um, I've also done a lot of work just around th- thinking more deeply around how like data indexing stuff can work on stacks. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. lots of stuff.
0: <laughs> Interesting. I yeah, I've, I've uh, I'm definitely not techie in that in that regard, but I, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the background. And you said it right there with like indexing, which is like that's the unsexy stuff.
2: Oh yeah!
0: Once the infrastructure is there, it allows it, it allows uh, all the developers who are building after you to go that much faster. I remember reading exactly. Um, I remember reading Twilio or the founder of Twilio's book, Jeff Lawson's book, Ask a Developer. Mm-hmm. He talks a lot about that. where they're really big on like not enough companies build intra tools to
2: mm-hmm. allow you to go
0: faster within the company. Oh and yeah, they, and they don't spend enough money at all on that because it, they they feel like it's a, a sunk cost. you are never going to recoup.
2: Totally. I'm a big fan of that mentality, not of the mentality of, you know, I want to build tools that make other people not have to think about things they don't need to think about or or make them think about things in ways that make them a better engineer or a better developer. And so with microstack specifically, it's like, you know, I've built literally dozens upon dozens of Stacks apps over the years. And I'm like, there are certain things you just need to do Every time you build a stacks related app or any kind of crypto app, really, you know, you have to like deal with authentication. You have to deal with, you know, signing transactions, all these different things. And the way that the tooling was set up before is you have to repeat yourself so many times, and, all, and engineers have to have like so much contextual knowledge to know how to do certain things because they're not wrapped up in a way that makes it really easy to use. And so that's kind of for me a big driving factor of why I work on my stacks is like you should be able to intuitively understand how to use these tools. And also kind of similar to with like when we build products that are more user facing, we really care about user experience. There's another kind of experience that I care a lot about called developer experience. It's like there are tools that I use as a developer and I'm like, holy shit, this is so fun to use. And it just works. Right. And so that's kind of the tooling I want to build too.
0: I like that. Is there, is there big, um, how do I word this? Like, like technical developer experience hurdles that are still pretty large in your in your mind that uh, that should be handled for people that are coming in the ecosystem for
2: stacks specifically. Yeah, 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 I think so. I mean, there's a few things that I'm I'm still thinking a lot about right now, or I'm thinking more about the future around tooling and and two areas that I'm really excited about is one. So like post conditions are a unique thing in stacks and post conditions are basically um, like guardrails that you you as a developer, you as a user can put on um, anything you do in the context of stacks. So let's say you mint an NFT, there'll be a post condition saying that you're only going to transfer the exact amount of stacks or whatever the currency is that you're using to purchase or mint the NFT. And then you're going to receive that NFT, right? And if the contract does something other than what those post conditions outline, Outline, it'll fail and protect you. And so that's really amazing and that like can solve a lot of different things. And um, But when you're working with them as an engineer, they're kind of confusing and you need to like, you need to work with a lot of different types of data. You need to like convert strings and stuff into clarity values. You need to construct this like three or four step thing to do it. And it's also confusing about like, okay, you have these, what are called post condition codes, where it's like, okay, I have an asset and I have to select one of these codes that relates to the behavior I want it to do. And so for me, I'm like, how can we build tooling that's way more human readable? Meaning like, okay, this transaction is only going to transfer exactly this much or it's going to fail. Like, how can we build tooling that in the way you use it, it's implicitly, conveying what you want it to do rather than having to again know all these different things and how to tie them together just perfectly um so that's one area that i'm focusing on where it's like okay we can we can make this a lot easier and it's not a lot of work to do i just don't think anyone's had the time to do it and then another area that i'm super excited about is with stack specifically because clarity is non-turing and it's kind of like um you know what's going to happen. It, it, you can read it. You can read Clarity Code. It's there. Um, there are other things you can do. You, you, you can do with it, like analyze it in such a way that um, would allow you to basically like remove five or six steps that you normally would have to do when building an app. So Let's say you're like, let's say you're building an NFT minting website, right? And so you've got a contract. Maybe it's based off of something like MegaPons or another really, you know, a kind of more standard based contract that's got like you know mint and all the like listing functions stuff like that because we know what the contract does and we can read it and we can analyze it we can take the code from the contract run it through a program and then we can output either react code or svelte code or view code or whatever framework you want to use we can output code that makes it really easy for you to interact with that contract so What I mean by that is, so we take the contract, we output it to something like React. That'll give us a function we can use that is one for one exactly what the contract expects. So you no longer need to do things like, okay, I need to find the contract address. I need to put it in here. I need to select manually what the function name is. I need to construct the arguments that go into this function. We can do all that for you. And all you need to do is pass in kind of the normal JavaScript-based values and then it'll do everything for you and even post conditions we can kind of create for you on the fly and so for me that kind of stuff is really exciting and i feel like um would be a unique you know would be very unique in the context of crypto because i don't think you can do that in in most ecosystems you know
0: what for the thing you just talked about what what would you call that or what, what would you describe that as as like a term
2: Well, uh, code generation, you know, as a very high level with because clarity, you can statically analyze it. You can, you could build a lot of tooling around it. It's like, I have a a proof of concept CLI tool that I can, I can hit, like, I'll put a contract address in a file and like a configuration file. I'll hit generate. It'll like pull it all down, parse it into, and give me all the different types for it. It'll give me all the functions, all that stuff. Um, And it just like removes five or six steps that you have to do every time you want to interact with any contract, you know? And then also you could do autocomplete kind of stuff too. So, like, that's the kind of developer experience I really enjoy working on, where it's like, I rely heavily on autocomplete and all this IntelliSense kind of stuff in my IDE. And so, what are ways in which we can build tooling that kind of leverage all of the amazing kind of stuff that we use on a day to day basis?
0: got it it sounds really cool like it sounds kind of like it it sounds kind of like a drag and drop builder that like reverses engineers the Mm -hmm. contract and takes out like because with drag and drop builders you work in blocks typically so like this is my text block and this is my inline and so you're taking Mm -hmm. that from at the contract level and then you can say okay i want this list function Mm -hmm. um could that would that dovetail into some of the stuff that maybe uh no code clarity is doing
2: a little bit, yeah. I've I've seen the stuff that they've been working on uh, at a very high level. I do think, um, y- you know, Jasper and I have actually talked about this. You know, we, we're really interested in maybe building a new Explorer for Stacks, but one that's, like, very unique. When It's not, like, just, like, a standard, like, okay, we're going to go look at blocks and stuff. It's, like, how do we make all this information on Stacks or on, on an ecosystem? Like, how do we make it personable and human-readable? And so one of the things we talked about was like, okay, because we have an ability to kind of like understand and analyze this code, why can't we just make a UI that allows you to add a bunch of contracts, pull out things that you want to use? Like maybe it's a, uh, you know, like an NFT minting thing. And you could just drag and drop different components that will just allow you to kind of do 90% of what you would do as an engineer w- without coding anything, you know? So it's definitely, there's there's a lot you can do with it. Um, because once you've kind of just built out the foundational, um, elements for interacting with the types and clarity and the functions, then you could basically do it for anything. You know, you're just repeating it over and over again.
0: Okay, man, I hope you guys build that. That sounds, that sounds fucking badass. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll be a uh, one upvote for that. But uh, okay,
2: cool. <laughs> I'll send you the link when we apply for a grant. Very, <laughs> okay,
0: very cool. Um, so we've talked a little bit about like people who are already devs and some more like the technical technical side of stuff. Um, and for me, like short backstory. But the reason I got into stacks is to become a developer, I was like, oh, cool. I, want, I, I worked at a grocery store for fifteen years.
1: Mm-hmm. I want to get
0: a real career. Developer sounds pretty badass, but let me not go compete with, like, Facebook front-end. Sure, yeah. Let me go straight to the Blue Ocean as crypto, and let me do that mm. again and go into stacks, because I'm not going to compete with Slindy devs. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that for three months, started a podcast instead, here we are. Mm-hmm. But, I was really shocked at how little clarity stuff there was in May of last year when I got here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's getting better now, but in in a broad sense, do you have any advice for new new devs that have no experience and they're jumping into uh web three specifically, or we can even go find finer comb and clarity? But they're they're going into the crypto sure. space and starting from zero.
2: Yeah, let's see. Advice for new new folks. Um let me think about that. I think well, I'll be honest, I actually don't know clarity. Like I've not written a clarity contract hmm. before. I interact with clarity a lot, though, in the context of like JavaScript and TypeScript and other things, and so I know it in that that way. Um, I don't know. I think it doesn't even need to be Web three specific, but for me at least, there's this... I would recommend people probably learn something like React, JavaScript, TypeScript. Um, but if you if you if you're interested in Web three. I feel like if you start learning not even one ecosystem like Stacks or Ethereum, but the patterns that are common between them all, because they are all very, like at a certain level, it's hard to distinguish them because they all kind of work from these same kind of cryptographic primitives. I would recommend, you know, dig into like, what are the foundational things that allows for crypto? and nfts and all these like higher levels things to to exist right um that's like for me when i started working on microstacks originally a part of it was like i just want to understand at a very low level like how does this actually work because then as i work on more higher like day-to-day level things i have all that context and knowledge that i can then be like oh okay i can invite here and here um that's kind of a roundabout answer but i would probably just say you know. Find things you're really interested in and work on them. That's what I do, you know, and that's why I'm here today. Is because I'm like, oh, that's really interesting, and I could work on this forever because I'm curious about it, you know. And I think that's what a lot of engineers kind of um, thrive on.
0: Yeah, I've uh, I've asked almost every dev I've talked to that question, and mm-hmm. almost everyone has given that answer. Where it's right. like, I could give you the blueprint, but you're going to get lost at some point, point. and if you oh, yeah. don't love it and you're curious about it at like an intrinsic level then mm-hmm. that roadblock is going to be like fucking massive and you're going to hate coding. So, exactly,
2: right. Yeah. Okay. And there are some uh, jokes. Oh, go ahead.
0: Well, I'm just curious. um, Cause I think, so I think that the the emotion I felt when I was just getting started is like, it's hard to even know where to focus on. Like, I don't even oh, know definitely. if I like front end or back end more. And so mm-hmm. the the fear I was having is like, First of all, it's if I just learn Clarity, is that enough to get a job? That was my first mm-hmm. concern. Like, if I'm a smart mm-hmm. contract engineer, is that enough? Or do I have to pick Clarity slash, and then you go, you pick your direction, front or back end, and then you can mm-hmm. go down in the nuances of JavaScript, TypeScript, React, whatever, or mm-hmm. learning back end. Um, is that directionally right?
2: Yeah, I would say... At least in the context of stacks, we need more Clarity engineers for sure. But Clarity is actually based off of a different language called Lisp. Um, and I'd recommend—I don't know—I mean, I haven't—I haven't learned Clarity, so I take this with grain of salt. But um, it'd probably be good to learn maybe why is it based off of Lisp, and then learn some Lisp, and then learn Clarity in addition to it. And that way, I think you'll get a more well-rounded kind of experience, but I also think having some ability to interact with clarity. So, like you could write clarity, and you could build contracts, and they're deployed in the blockchain, and then that could be all you do. But that's only a a portion of you know the story, because you could build a contract, but if no one's interacting with that contract, then it's not really very useful, right? And so, typically, the way that people interact with contracts is through javascript TypeScript. i know some people are building maybe like a go library or you know the blockchain itself is written in rust it would be really beneficial i think to have an understanding of both sides that way maybe because there's a lot of things that i've found you know as i've been building apps and stuff you know like one, one example that's really useful that i don't think if you're just building smart contracts you would have come upon is where um like for Arcadeco and, and Alex. Uh, They're some of the first contracts that really started doing this pattern where after a certain function call, um, they print out the result of that function call, meaning like maybe you create a vault in Archdeco. It would print out, meaning it would just log kind of the state change that that function did internally in the contract, but it would log it out so that other people or other applications can make use of it. And so for me, as I've built like many different indexers, that makes my life way easier. Or like there was a, when I worked at Hero, we, we did a hackathon where we built out this app called Haystack, which was basically you sign a transaction and you include a message on it. And it's like a Twitter kind of alternative where you sign a message and it's on the blockchain. And then we use that the same function of printing out the information to reconstruct it on the app. So that's all to say, like, if you can build clarity, Contracts, but then work very closely with people who are actually building apps or building tools that use those contracts. I think you'll you'll have a better time probably.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Um, okay, I, you might have answered this, but I'm, I'm I heard it in some doses. But what what are you working on right now? What What are your main projects that you're kind of? Because I see you like i have been picking up data points where you're doing Microstacks. You know, V1. Mm-hmm. Is or is it 0.01? I don't want to get my versions wrong. It's V1,
2: first version.
0: Okay, and then I see you. Uh, you're doing. You did like a quick revision of multi-safe's thing from stacks JS to, oh, yeah. to Microstacks. Yeah. I'm see- so you're kind of like. I feel like most developers in stacks are like they're in eight different places at any mm-hmm. random time. Uh, what What do you kind of have your tentacles right now that you could talk about?
2: Yeah, let's see. So, um, well, so we've got one. The way that our agency or the studio kind of works is we try to split our time between client work and our own work. And so uh, that's what we're doing now. We're like part of my time, I'm spending a lot on microstacks specifically. You know, I had COVID like a month or two ago. And so I was like, I'm really sick. I should do something. I'm laying here. And so that's when I started really pushing towards version one of microstacks. Um, And a big part of why we're at version one now is, you know, it was audited. And it's safe for everyone to use now. And so I wanted to do a version bump for that. Um, I've been building out you know framework integrations for that. So people who are building Svelte apps or Vue apps or things like that. They now have kind of um like first class support for those libraries, and so it'll be a lot easier for them to build out apps. Um outside of that, you know, I am I'm I'm more interested in like production apps that are using Stackshare to see how hard it would be to switch over to microstacks. And so multi safe was one example. I was like, you know, how hard would it be to switch this out? And is there a benefit to doing this? Right? Like, if there's no benefit, I don't want people to do it. Um, But thankfully, there was it was basically like, um, when it comes to like web apps and stuff, there's this term called bundle size, which is kind of how much code is being shipped along with this app to people that they have to download and parse and all these different things. And a lot, the bigger it is, the slower it can be to parse or to use on mobile phones, stuff like that. And when I did the transition with Multisafe uh, from Stacks.js to, yes, to MicroStacks, it went down like almost 600 kilobytes. And that's a lot. That's like big because it's already compressed. Um, so they've got a real benefit to potentially switching. Um, it sounds like they're going to, so that's exciting. But outside of that, we are working on... Um, can't talk too much about, but it's just like a native app. Uh, So like a a React native app, which I'm really excited about. And we'll probably be able to talk more about in the future, but um, kind of with that, I've been exploring, like how could we use MicroStacks on phones and, you know, how can we make a really cool experience on the phone? Um, Another thing we really want to start soon is uh, that Explorer that I talked about a little bit before. We're kind of calling it, the code name is the Stacks Chronicle. and so it's. It's going to be an Explorer that is more like, like we want to build an app registry along with it. So it'll be a place you can go. Like we don't like using the word Explorer because it's way more than that, but it'll be a place you can go to see what's going on in Stacks and to do it in a way that's very like human readable. And what I mean by that is like, You go to the Explorer now, any Explorer, really, on any network, and it's like transaction IDs, block heights, you know, a bunch of stuff that is like very technical and very hard to parse. When in reality, much of that stuff is like you sent someone Bitcoin, you minted an NFT, you swapped this token for that token, right? It has meaning, but it's very contextual meaning, right? So you need to go to the app that it originated from, stuff like that. But I think with Stacks, we can make an explorer that you go there and you'd be like, oh, I see Jamil recently minted this NFT or like he's used these other apps or like these 10 apps are the most popular apps that have been used in the last 100 blocks. Uh, or like here's a new trending app that's, you know, just been launched or hasn't even been announced yet, but we could see it through on-chain activity. Um, and then in addition to that, how do we like bring in more... Um, Because we have this naming system, right, on Stacks, BNS. How do we make that like a first-class kind of participant in everything we do? And so we want to integrate that and and stuff like that. But that's really exciting. So um, that's something else we're going to start probably in September. Jasper's about to have a baby, so he's going to be on leave for a little bit. Um, But when he's back, we're going to probably get heads down on that. And then, you know, we might... You know, there's a couple companies in the ecosystem we're really excited about working with and we're in talks with working with them, too. So, yeah, TPD on that. Cool.
0: Man, I, I uh, Stax Chronicle sounds freaking cool. It sounds, like, uh, it sounds like a newspaper, first of all.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's kind of like, it's the daily news, but it's, exactly. real, it's actual real-time daily news, moment to moment. Mm-hmm. And what I'm assuming is a, like, visually appealing way that you, like... A, a regular player like myself can go and decipher what's going on in the blockchain.
2: Exactly. And also just like, like little things we've been, like we've started doing some design on it and exploring like little UI elements that would make it really interesting. Like one example would be like, you know, let's say you're on, maybe you're looking at a transaction, or you're like looking at a list of like activity that's happened recently. Um, you can hover over a BNS name and it'll give you like a snapshot of what they've been up to recently. So it'll be like a little tooltip that shows like here are the apps they're using, you know, here's how many NFTs they have, here's how much stacks they have, or you know, XBTC or whatever it might be. So it's just little things like that is like how can we bring all of these different bits of real information, like you know, asset images and and like high uh very high fidelity naming like to to tokens and stuff. How do we bring all that together and present it in a cohesive kind of picture? And that's kind of the goal behind it.
0: That's, that's very cool. Okay. I got a couple more questions. left. Yeah. This, has been, this has been fantastic. Um, and I, I'm going back to to getting developers into the ecosystem. That's like yeah. everyone, everyone wants it. Um, I guess I could I I ask it two ways. Maybe what do you think is the biggest blocker for people to move into Web3? Say they are already developers and they just, are they comfortable? Like, what is, in your experience, what do you think is the biggest blocker that prevents them from wanting to jump?
2: Yeah. Uh, You know, we've tried to hire a couple people straight out of, like, a Web2 job for the studio, and it's hard because people, I think rightfully so, are very skeptical of Web3. Like, even friends of mine, you know, they kind of think everything in web three and crypto is a scam or they just don't have enough information or they don't have enough, like um, of both sides to really be able to understand, like, yes, there are a lot of scams. Like, I'm not going to say that there aren't, but they don't like people don't see the positives or like the ways in which that it could change the future. Like, you know, like it's going to change. Like, there's no question whatsoever about that. It's gonna, like, it's not going away. Um, So I think that's a huge blocker. Like, be, like, how can you convey all of that information to someone when they have already so much information on why it's a scam or why, you know, maybe it's risky too. That's a big part of it too. Maybe it's not as secure as a Web2 job that people have already. Um, but again, I think that that can change because like, you know, like the Stacks Foundation as an example, since such an amazing job of like giving grants out and getting people active in the development community. Um, and it's not even unique stacks. Like so many ecosystems ha- have a really great foundation that are kind of pushing forward that kind of thing too. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just an, It's hard to disconnect, like Web three with like pyramid schemes and scams, right? Like if we could do that, if we could show like that's kind of why I was so into Blockstack originally, because it was like, hey, we care about getting you ownership over your data. And so we don't want people to, like, data mine you, or we don't want, we just want you to have an ability to provide consent if you want people to do this, you know, you can choose to sell your data if you want to, right? Um, And so if we can go more towards that, because there's a lot of Web3 that still is more about, like, um, decentralization and data ownership and, like, privacy and all that stuff, I think that would be a good way to get people more interested in probably.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I think the culture over time will change, and I-, I could see that though. Like, it's kind of like when you have a friend who's in like a multi level marketing thing. You're like, I'm sure these paper towels and toothpaste are good, but right, I, just exactly. I just can't fully trust that you like like yeah. it for the fact that you like it because you're also going to get you know twenty eight cents on the tube I buy. So, it's mm-hmm. if it wasn't there, it'd be easier. Which you know, number go up and heavy bag exactly. Down. Like it's just there. You, you, you
2: can't avoid yeah. it. No.
0: Okay, last uh, last question I got is I like to add in a high note, so you know, sure. usually I'm, I'm talking to some kind of founder that built in some kind of app, but you do many things, so I'm curious, where do you see yourself in like this ideal future? And like, I'll, I'll place it stacks is number three, so it's oh. like Bitcoin, okay. and ETH, stacks, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. So we're so we got a, a, an abundance of attention. There's liquidity, all these things and you've been executing for three years, just crushing it, do whatever you whatever you please. What, is, mm-hmm. what, what does three years look like for, for Thomas?
2: Wow, okay. Uh, I don't know, man, let's see. I feel like it'd be cool if the studio was a little bit bigger, you know, we're still interested in, it'd be cool if we have, like we really care about hiring people who we really love and are really good at what they do, right? That's kind of like our own criteria and they're nice people. Um, And so it'd be cool if the studio was a bit bigger and we had an ability to take on a little bit more work, but at the same kind of like high level that we want to. Um, Maybe we've built like a native stacks wall. That's something I'd love to work on at some point. Um, I think there's a lot of, for a really long time, I've thought there's a lot of really interesting things that can be done with that. Uh, Three years from now, there'd also be maybe like, more interoperability between stacks and Bitcoin and Ethereum and all that stuff. So it's like, you know, on Ethereum, you have Wallet Connect, where people can like mm. use their native app, where they can use the web app at the same time. And it's all connected and very seamless. I hope that we have something very similar to that. Um, or maybe there's more standards around identity. Because um, for me, it'd be cool if there was more of like, so I have an Ethereum wallet, I have a Bitcoin wallet, I have all, a Stacks wallet, all these different things. And I have an ENS name and a BNS name. And I want all of that to come together and I can have my online identity be my online identity. You know, that's really exciting and cool to me. And again, part of the original reason why I joined is because I was like, oh, and it's kind of like one name kind of thing has been what they wanted to do for a long time. So that'd be cool. Um, three years from now, let's see. MicroStacks is like the go to tooling for building Stacks apps would be dope. Um, maybe we win an award for design. That's, you know, something we're interested in. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be cool just like more more people building interesting stuff because then it's like, wow, you know, there's a bunch of cool stuff here. That's all I really care about. Or like impactful stuff, stuff that helps people, you know.
0: Love it. Okay, that's great. Um... Man, this has been a fantastic conversation. Any Anything I didn't cover, any closing thoughts that you'd, you'd like to close
2: out on? What about you? What about you in three years?
0: Ooh. Um, podcast is huge. Um, I'm still probably doing a balance of this and something in Stacks. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't want to do a full podcast. Um, so I'm currently at Stacks Ventures maybe stay there and see how far the kind of like BC landscape goes. I don't know. The more I talk to developers, the more I like the idea of there's something really intoxicating about the leverage that code gets you. Cause like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've had an eBay business where, you know, I was going to estate sales, flipping on eBay, whatever. And -hmm. and it was cool. Like you see all these different houses and uh, different people and locations but then I got really bogged down by like my inventory is like attached to me, you know. It's like an anchor that mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, I can't take it a bunch of places. So it's, and so there's something about like the digital nomad that develops like world changing tech that can touch millions of people. There's something about that that is really, really interesting. So maybe, big maybe, uh, I might learn coding in some fashion and and build something interesting if the if the right idea, you know, spreading yeah. So, so I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I, I think the, the, keep doing this, keep talking to interesting people and uh, try to spread the good word to stacks is probably what I'll still be doing. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's actually a good question. I haven't thought about that.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know I recommend, recommend learning how to code. I feel like, I don't know. One of my favorite things about it just generally is like, I can think about doing mm-hmm. something be like oh it'd be cool if that existed then i could just build it mm-hmm. but i could just you know and then i could be like oh other people want to use this too that's so cool
0: yeah it's yeah. also cool um thinking like thinking like a computer does like a, that systems mentality where they can oh, yeah sure your, see your org chart like it just makes your thinking clear it's like mm-hmm. the more the more you write like you write how you think and so the more mm-hmm. you write like the more your speech gets better um mm-hmm. you know i The two months I spent learning learning coding, it just helps you with uh, how to process things, break them down, see where you're almost like where your logic is wrong. Like you could see where you're like, oh, it went to there. That was actually incorrect. And I I keep bumping into that. Um, So I I think coding seems like a meta life skill.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I agree. Cool.
0: Well, uh, man, Thomas, thank you. Particular time. Mm-hmm. This is this has been fantastic. I think people are gonna get a lot from this. If people wanna connect with you, where, where what's a good source?
2: I'm very active on Twitter, both fortunately and unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh so feel free to DM me there if you want. I'm active in most of the stacks-related Discords as well. Um my handle is all no On Twitter, there's a underscore at the end because someone else has has my name, but um yeah feel free to dm me reach out i'm super you know i love if anyone's curious on how to look, build an app you know i love helping people and so you know feel free to ask me any questions you might have
0: perfect all right uh well that's it for this episode thank you for coming on the podcast i appreciate you
2: yeah thank you
1: welcome to built on bitcoin I know that things don't always go your way. But I'll be right, here Waiting. I've been waiting now. I've been trying to figure out a way to make it out. Make it out, cause I don't think about everything going wrong.